you just uh, dug a huge hole and put some um, toxic materials Got right it. in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And now my whole community is affected. Yeah. And I didn't know about it. Yeah. So, you know, I really thought that social media would be the route even back then to let people know this is what's going on. Before we get into this episode, I know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is gonna transform lives. So I have a bomb resource for you. The man himself, Words Taylor, is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now. Now you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day, and Words knows exactly how to do that. All you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over $5 million in client sales. So all you have to do is go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com. That's HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and we have an amazing soul. Now, I don't often get a chance to talk to you on yes. social media, but every interaction that we have is a deep one right yes. it's like it's like you, we might only like spend five words speaking to each yes. other but it feels like we've made a connection and we're maintaining and i think that's the value of social media which Definitely. a lot of people don't know so for those of you guys who don't know um i'm gonna let you introduce your, your own name but i met this woman um a couple months ago in the beginning of our well not the beginning but in you know in uh, early stages of our entrepreneurial yes. journey and um, we got to connect and she's going to lay us a whole bunch of sauce on us as well as give us a little bit of her journey. So without further ado, please take it away. Yes. So I'm Naya Peoples, Naya B. Um, a lot of people call me and I am the owner of a content, uh, content agency, um, content marketing agency, as, as people say, all these titles, right? For what we do. Right. And it's evolving. Yes. Mm -hmm. As time goes on. Um, but I create content for people, creative um, entrepreneurs who are looking to promote their brands on social media. So um, generally the content that I create is video content as well as podcast content for creatives like you. Yes, let's get into that because I have so many questions. Like you got your start on the agency side. So we're digging into your past career. Yes. But right now the way you help entrepreneurs is... Um, like my business is set up with a bunch of different arms. I have my podcasting, mm -hmm. I have the coaching, um, I have my online, my social media presence, and then I also have like my real life like yes. brand, right? And there's always, um, for me, I think there it would be such a relief to have one person understand the entire strategy. Then I can just be the talent. Yes. Do you communicate? Is that the value that you see yourself bringing or am I missing something? No, that is perfect. And you say it better than I could. <laughs> I generally really, really want um, creatives to be creative. That's I feel like that's that's the part that they really love to do, right? Yeah. And it's like all the extra stuff is not really the fun stuff, right? Yeah. It's like I want to focus on what my podcast is going to be about, what this episode is going to be about. I don't want to think about how this needs to be edited. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing the background work and allowing yeah. the creative to shine. That's beautiful. Okay, yeah. I, I'm excited to get into this conversation. <laughs> and it reminds me of one of the first posts that we connected on. It was back in the day when my content was still a little bit. It was on training wheels, baby. But I put a post up and I was actually proud of it because um, it came directly from my mind. Okay. But it was just 
an affirmation that um, I am a creative. Mm -hmm. So many times yes. I come from a, you remember? Yes, I know. It was, I, I am not a creative and I slashed out yes. not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I come from a, the background of a data analyst, okay. which is why I do a lot of the work that I would love for you to do because I didn't enjoy it, but I got my spreadsheet. I got my editing process, gotcha. I, you know. Excel, that's, that's your, <laughs> your bread and butter. I use Airtable. Okay. I use, yes, it's a database, so I'm, you you would be impressed. I'm going to show you. Okay. Because um, you would you could probably, probably even use it for your clients, but I came from a data analytics background, mm -hmm. so I never connected with creative until I created this program. What's your, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit more. Okay. This program, it's, it's not like an artsy program. I literally mm -hmm. created this professional development program. Okay. And from that I said, oh, you my homegirl said, you created that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo. I did that. <laughs> you know, I did something. So that's for me where I put that post to say, hey, I am a creative and I want other people to know that they can identify as a creative, even if it's not like this mural. Right. So right. what's been your relationship with identifying as a creative? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I feel like in, in from that post, right, mm -hmm. I reposted it because I think to your point, so many people don't see themselves as creatives. Um, but creativity is something that I think everyone possesses. Right. Yeah. So like I identify with creativity in the sense of, like you said, something as, as simple as an idea um, and being able to articulate that idea. I feel like that is that is the creative process. Right. Yeah. Everybody um, displays that differently. So you have a data analyst that that may um, get, get some numbers together. Right. <laughs> and that spreadsheet is creativity yes. because you have to be able to translate it in a way that other people can understand. Yes. And so that's how I kind of view creativity in general. Um, and from that post, I was like, yes, everyone, you literally are creative. <laughs> yes, it was, I don't know, it was such a, and I'm glad I remembered that because that's essentially like a great connecting point. So for you specifically though, mm -hmm. Did you, were you raised in the traditionally known creative sense or did you also have a more non-traditional creative background? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would say a lot of my family, um, just immediate family, my dad, my older brother is a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. My dad used to always like draw and paint and stuff like that. Um, so I, I would say I come from very creative people. Um, and I used to just watch them do it all the time. And I, I remember following my older brother around being like, I can draw too. Like <laughs> I can do it too. He is a lot better than me <laughs> in that sense. Um, but, uh, I used to show my creativity through entrepreneurship from, from a young age. Mm. So, um, I used to create, um, a lot of like bracelets and stuff like that when I was a kid and sell it in front of my house, set up yes. my table. I had my little sign, couldn't tell me nothing. Now, um, who triggered that entrepreneurial spirit in you, if you think back to it? My dad says he doesn't know where I came from. <laughs> but I would say Girl Scouts, actually. Um, I was in the Girl Scouts, and I know they used to tell you back in the day not to go door to door, but you couldn't stop me from doing mm -hmm. that. Get myself. Yes. <laughs> so I used to do Girl Scouts, and um, those programs in school where you can um, raise enough money to get like these little toys and trinkets yes, or whatever. Like the March of Dimes or the like the yes the all of the uh, 
a thons. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> just so you can get these toys that were probably like $5, but you... You, <laughs> you want to sell it? Yes. Just a fundraiser, get all your money in the envelopes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I would say schools and programs really uh, oh. in, introduce entrepreneurship to me. Okay. I love it. I'm realizing... So I was a... I was a Scout's honor. Okay. I was a girl oh, scout. My honor. I will try <laughs> to serve God in my country. Okay. Um, but what I'm realizing is I might I might not have bought into the journey so early. Gotcha. So something in you said this is fun. Yes. Like where? Like can you remember your thought process to start thinking like? Because this before you knew it was entrepreneurship. I did not know it was what, entrepreneurship. What, yeah. back like what there. were you thinking in your mind like? You wake up in the morning, you have this entrepreneurial day, like, I'm going to set my table up outside. You know what <laughs> I mean? You, look, <laughs> what were you thinking during that time? Um, honestly, I think I really just enjoyed the process as a kid. Um, anything from, like I said, setting up my table to garage sales or whatever I saw in the neighborhood, I'm going to do that and sell my toys. Um, <laughs> I think it was just the process, really. And then being able to, you know, back then, and I'm... I'm not super uh, aged, but uh, <laughs> back then things were not as expensive when you went to the corner store. So yeah. if I got a dollar or two, I would go up to 7-Eleven and get my snacks. So that was like super exciting for me. Um, you had a whole day <laughs> I'm going to buy breakfast at the store. I'm going to set up at work. Yes. National Slurpee Day. I'm going to get my dollar so that I can go up to the Slurpee and get me a few Slurpees um, after I pay for my first one. Yeah. Get me a pack of gum, 25 yes. cents. Um, yeah, that was my thing. Like, let me just get some extra cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I also noticed, like, my dad is an immigrant. Um, he's from Panama. And just seeing how hard he used to work, to me, it was like, okay, this is how you get money. You have to work hard. Let me go ahead and try to try to do this. So. Okay. Wait, so your dad says he doesn't know where you get it from. So is yes. your, he, he's a hard worker. He has a hard ethic. But was he um, a nine-to-fiver? Yes. Ah, okay. So both of your parents were nine-to-fiver? Yes. Got you. What was it like growing up? Because you would be first generation from pa- Panama, right? Yes, first generation American. Got you. And um, growing up with the dad, what type of like values do you remember him being like, you're going to go to school or oh, you're yeah. going to get this type of degree? Like, what was the lessons that you grew up learning? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so my dad is actually who raised me. So uh, majority of my life. And he was really I feel like he was a little harder on me than my, my siblings. Mm, are um, you the only girl? Yes. Yes. Mm, <laughs> but I'm also the only one that really, I think, showed that that like, oh, I can do this kind of thing. He was like, um, you know, my brothers, he kind of let them do their thing. But um, I always showed the initiative, I think, to get into certain things. And he was like, what? OK, well, I'm going to push you in this direction kind of thing. Um, but my dad was really big on grades um, for me. anyway. <laughs> I would bring back a 90 and he'd be like, mm, it's not a hundred. Oh, <laughs> okay. Like, but, but, but it's an A. <laughs> <laughs> like those are not good in my house. No. Uh-huh. So, I mean, but I think he was pushing me because he knew I could, I could do it. Yeah. So, um, I remember just like talking to teachers at times and being like, look, um, I know this is a 99. Can I do extra credit to make it an A, like a hundred percent? The teacher was like, you got an A, sweetheart. What do you... Why are you doing Did they let you do it, though? No, they were like, go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, in class, all the all the students that I was cool with would be like, 
nah, you you doing too much. Like, why are you sit down? <laughs> Listen, you've had, you've been ambitious from the beginning. Yes. So then, tell me a little bit. Like, why do you think your dad? Because they say you know mothers raise their daughters and love on their sons and here you have your dad like raising you yes. to be the best you businesswoman you can be and then i'm not sure what your brothers were doing but like why do you think he chose you i know like you showed the initiative yes. but um when you think about the dynamic between your brothers and you is mm -hmm. it are you the only girl yes like what was that difference like what did you see him be hard on them but just in different ways yes what was that like? Um, I would say like, I, I don't know. Um, my older brother, he was, he was, like I said, he was a graph, he was into art. Um, he went to school for graphic design. Um, so I think the way he pushed him was more so just like that tough love, like you're going to be a man kind of thing. Mm. And, um, you know, in America, especially with people of color, black black people to be mm -hmm. specific, yeah. you have as a young man, you have to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, being my my dad being an immigrant, I think, and coming to this country, there was just a certain level of expectation that he expected from my brothers yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Um, the way they carried themselves, um, how to treat a young lady, kind of thing. Nice. Um, me though, it was like. You're gonna. You you need to take care of yourself. I feel like he he raised me to be very independent, mm -hmm. um, and so even the 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 path he really wanted me to go down was he wanted me to be a doctor, um, and so I, I tried to pursue that as long as I could. But that <laughs> was not my path. But um, yeah, I think it was just he saw that I was doing well in school, and my brothers weren't as well. They didn't do that well in school. Um, my younger brother, he, it came very easy to him, but it, it wasn't his thing. Mm. So he just pushed me in that sense. I think yeah. with each one of his children, he saw what they were good at and that's what he put emphasis on. I love that. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It, it sounds like your dad was intentional about pushing you in the area you were already exerting effort. Whereas a lot of people, and then you got, you guys come, your dad comes from Panama, which typically immigrant parents can be super tra uh, traditional without yes. the flexibility. Like, no, yeah. this is how you need to be successful in America. Right. And they miss out on the nuance of children. So it, it really does sound like he was like, okay, she's doing that. Let me push mm -hmm. her in that. He wants to do this. Let me push him in that. So, so just as we wrap up like childhood stuff, yeah. would you say, um, because every childhood comes out with like trauma. We yes. are like, no, nothing's perfect. Right. But when you think about the energy that he put into you guys from a career perspective, do you feel like everybody pretty much landed where they were supposed to? It's, I feel like my older brother, yes. Um, he's, ex he's extremely like just talented. Um, and I'm not just saying that, like he's, he's very talented. Mm -hmm. um, my younger brother, it actually surprised us. He wanted to be an actor. Now my dad wasn't super stoked about that. Um, he didn't know anybody that did it. So it was kind of like, my brother was really trailblazing. Um, but he, actually recently he just joined the military and we were like, Brand Brandon? Like <laughs> coming from this actor background, very goofy, fun guy yeah. um, to he's actually in like special forces, like wow. Green Beret, like very serious type of work. Wow. He's the only one I think that surprised everyone. Mm. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I had thought I wanted to go to the military and I was thinking of all the rational reasons to go. Mm -hmm. And I thought of like, just, just do I want like the type of structure that I want? I was like, do I want that type yeah. of structure? And ultimately I decided I did it. So <laughs> Lord. But I think it's interesting how people find them, their way to like the military and those yes. type of roles. Sometimes it's an escape. Sometimes for me, it was a like a type of personal development yeah. type of thing. So it's interesting. Yeah. Everybody, and then the, the way that I asked you the question about people being where they're supposed to be, mm -hmm. we are always where we're supposed to exactly. be. Exactly. I think it's exactly. just interesting sometimes our parents raise us. They see you a certain, yeah. Yeah. A certain way. But we, we end up finding our own path. Mm -hmm. But you guys got to start early. So thinking about your journey from um, the young entrepreneur, <laughs> um, and we're making our way to adulthood. Dad wanted us to be a doctor. And he said, you yes. tried it as hard as you could. <laughs> so what does that mean? Um, I went to school, um, undergrad, Florida a and I am a diehard rattler. I'm trying, not, I'm trying to keep it together. <laughs> Listen, good. let it out. I love lot, it. You know? <laughs> um, but I started off pre-med. And um, it just, that first semester, it was not it. Um, I remember getting a few C's and being like, oh no, this is not, this is not, I'm an AB student. Mm -hmm. This is not, this ain't it. Yeah. Um, and this is extremely hard. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. In your mind, like. <laughs> yeah, like what is this? Um, <laughs> I want to help people, but maybe this is not the capacity I want to get into. Wow. Yes. You, you had that insight at that stage? At, after once I got them grades, yes I did. Okay, take heed, okay. <laughs> Um, and I remember at the time I would go and sit in my friend's classes just mm -hmm. for the fun of it. This is why I'm saying like school was always my thing. So I would go to like my junior and senior level uh, friends classes mm. and answer questions and stuff. The teacher would be like, you ain't paying for this course. <laughs> Wait, what was the uh, class? Like what was the name of the classes? Um, so I went to a lot of uh, pol political classes. Ah. Um, so at the time I was very much into politics. Yeah. Hmm. And that's actually where I got my undergrad degree in political science and public relations. Okay. So um, you ended up switching through like engaging. You I'm, like, I'm just imagining a student who's not there, but the teacher being like. Yes, answer. Right. <laughs> I will allow it. Yes. The freshman in these. What? What, what? Yeah. what year are you in? Yes. That was lit. Yes. And so from there, you listen. You have this like it's like this motif of you taking taking like the call like yes. right like listening to your, yourself. So what made the connection between like I want to be a doctor? Okay, I got these bad grades. Mm -hmm. To you know, I'm about to go to my friends' classes. Like, was it just because you wanted to be, be by your friend and all of a sudden you like politics? I think a com yeah a combination of that. Um, we, so I was, at the time, I was in um, this poetry organization on campus, and that's where a lot of my friends were. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of them were in social sciences, or social science. Um, and so going to the class, wanting to hang out, of course, with them, their upperclassmen. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I'm the freshman hanging out with the upperclassmen, yeah. right? But then sitting in the class and they're talking about these these subjects that really intrigued me, um, especially for people of color. Mm. Um, again, I know I'm, I'm going to probably say that a lot, but um, just talking about these 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 issues that I felt like were affecting me as even as a student um, mm. at FAMU. Mm. So um, speaking up in those classes, hearing about my friends like 
homework and being like, ooh, can I help you like with your homework? Like, that's what's up. They're like, no, I have to do this for a grade. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and little did they know you probably would have killed it. <laughs> Craziness. But I, I would just go to class with my friends and mm-hmm. eventually I joined different organizations um, that kind of aligned with that. And I was like, this is really cool. Um, and so that's the reason why I went, went that way. Um, but I wanted to work on the marketing side. It was always the marketing side of um politics oh there's the connection yes so it was always the marketing side so if you think back to some of the questions that you remember like being interested in Mm -hmm. asking what was it about politics then because at first i was thinking you had this you had this understanding of how like macro politics affects the person the individual gotcha um so I understood that. But then where was your when did it click to say I want to be on the marketing side of politics? Well, PR and marketing, I feel like kind of overlap. Mm. Um, and so for me, it was seeing how these politicians moved, um, how they presented specific um, just challenges to to the to their um, constituents mm-hmm. and being like they could have said that better, you know, this could have been explained better, mm. especially to, you know, for example, um, FAMU was going through <laughs> when I was there, they were trying to shut down my school. And I was like, look, I need to I need to graduate, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, at the time, you- yeah. Rick Scott was the governor. I could not stand that man. And, and at the, so Tallahassee, the way it's set up, um, it's, it's the capital of Florida. OK. And. Um, so the all of the everything in, in politics that you can think of that affects the whole state goes on there. So I was literally right down the street from that. And so when you're telling me that you're going to shut down my school and the way that he would present things and um, just what was going on in the city, it really affected me. And I was just like, no, um, he could have said that better. You know, he doesn't seem like he cares very much about black people Mm -hmm. um you got florida state up the road and you care more about their institution than mine why is their degree more important than my my education and my degree so um i would go to their classes i would go protest up at the in the capitol um i went to the uh governor's mansion at the time Mm -hmm. and protested made we made him come out in his pajamas yes um but those were the things that i was really into because I think it mainly because it affected me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you you say like they could have said that better. And then you also touch on the fact that he didn't care. So what I'm hearing is like there are and tell me if I'm if I'm yeah. going in the wrong direction, but there are decisions being made at this level and these politicians are making the decisions and they're not communicating specifically what's happening to the to the constituents yes and it sounds like yes he could have said that better because for me it sounds like maybe he had better intentions than he was communicating you know politics is funny right so there's some things where even if you don't have good intentions you still could have said it better so it so people didn't like Feel so alarmed. Feel so alarmed by by okay. a specific uh, situation, right? Got you. So even if you don't care about me, act like you care because you're a politician and you're supposed to represent everybody. I got you. Know? So the initial <laughs> the initial passion is like, listen, as a marketer, you just need to be able to put the the people at ease a little bit better, and you're not saying this right. Yes. 
Did you ever think, because I'm thinking like, if depending on what his intentions really were, he didn't need your superpower. Like, I feel <laughs> like there's somebody who is like his opponent yeah. that needs the skill that you're talking about to, one, know how to communicate the change that they see. Mm -hmm. And then, two, be able to connect that, connect the dots so that the people who you want to vote for you understand how to get, like, some, maybe some people stand up there like, world change. And right. people are like... My taxes are due to mine. How are you going to help me? You talk about world change. Right. So in that regard, I feel like there are some politicians who really are good at the at the heart, but they don't know how to say it better. Right. And I feel like that's probably where your your niche would have been. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to help him. Oh, no, no, no. But I realized that there was a need because he didn't say it right because he was just terrible. He was a terrible politician. Mm. And even when they were like, no, he's really not that bad. You know, it's like. Nah, he really is terrible. Like mm -hmm. um, when I think about like how they rearranged uh, downtown or Tallahassee downtown, mm -hmm. um, it was Tallahassee is separated by a track basically. So a lot of the people that um, you know, a lot of the poor and middle class lived on the south side, and more established and um, wealthy people lived on the north side of town. Mm -hmm. And so they had a bus system that went throughout the whole city. Um, eventually, they limited the amount of buses going to the south side because they were trying to build up the north side of town. Mm. Well, that affects black and brown people so much, um, especially at that time, um, because people were, you work in the city, you work on the north side. Yeah. And so when I think about like, just stuff like that um, and how they went about letting people know what was going on mm -hmm. to me was just like there was no there was no campaign really to let the people know on the south side this is what's going to happen yeah. and this is how this is going to affect you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you had just like people became more more poor because yeah. they had no access mm -hmm. um, to grocery stores. I mean, there's there's food deserts more so on the south, south side, side of mm -hmm. town um, mm -hmm. in Tallahassee. So there was so many things going on. And um, yeah, to your point, I wasn't necessarily going for Rick Scott. He was not my ideal client. <laughs> right, no. I mean, he he would have taken your power and used it for whatever. And I don't know him. I don't know politics that very, that much. Absolutely. But what I do appreciate is your passion for um, politics and informing yourself and also using your gift, which ends up being marketing, to help uh, educate the people. So that's your personal um, passion. Yes. That's, but then it, it didn't take you professionally in that, that way. So for you, all this stuff is going on personally. Yeah. When did you decide what you were going to do professionally? <laughs> Um, so I, I still, I went to grad school after, at the fam, um, still thinking that I was going to get into politics, mm. but at the time, guess who was running for president? Obama? No. At the time. Who, uh, who was our last president? <laughs> oh goodness. It's the years. Okay. Got you. Yes. I'm there. Yeah. Who shall not be named. Yeah. We're not even going to say his yeah. name, you know, mm -hmm. the, the orange man. Yeah. Um, but so I was at the time applying to um, try to, I wanted to get into um, politics then, um, either on PR side, marketing side, 
Um, mm. And couldn't get a job. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to work with the orange man. Mm -hmm. So I said, I just transitioned. I was like, I'm not getting into politics because politics is trash right now. Mm. And um, I, I just don't want to be under his administration. Yeah. So um, at that time is when I started looking into just other niches, um, social media more specifically. I think social media for um, a lot of businesses were, were starting to kind of grow a little bit, um, excuse me, but I still didn't have it, have it figured out then to be quite honest. But that was when I started thinking, okay, Maybe maybe there's a different route. Okay, maybe yeah. there's a different route. Social media might be the thing. So that was your first lily pad. Yes. And no, we don't have it all figured out yet, but we enjoy what part about the social media marketing at the time? Ooh, um, to me, so you're probably laughing. You're like, girl, you all over the place. The Breakfast Club was starting to be really big back then. Mm. And so I was like, okay, they cover politics, they cover entertainment, they cover, they're considered kind of a podcast. Um, maybe this is something I can get into. So I remember like applying to, uh, <laughs> to work up in New York. Um, didn't get the job, uh, <laughs> tried as an intern, didn't get that. But um, that was when I was like, okay, this is this this might be something I can I can sink my teeth into. Yeah. And because it was so interesting and they were utilizing YouTube at the time, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, people behind the scenes that you generally somebody is, you know, a radio broadcaster, you generally would not see their face, right? right? And so they're utilizing this platform to really promote a message. And um, that's no different in politics. You use like utilizing certain platforms to promote whatever you want to um, yeah. talk about. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I got started seeing some things. I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. I want to do this. Yeah. So, you know, I probably scared my dad because he's like, you all over the place. <laughs> like, what is <laughs> the radio station seems like there's no connection. But this is like this is like living out true career yes. advice. The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's gonna take community and it's gonna take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. The way that I used to do traditional career coaching is like, okay, what do you like? What do you yeah. do? You like to wash your hair, like you put on makeup. What do you do on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. What's the skill that you have? They might seem like they don't connect, but if it's like a beauty, you love to do your makeup. Yes. And you also like, I don't know, writing. Then let's figure out what type of writing jobs in this industry mm -hmm. you would enjoy. Because the skill set, if it's, if it's placed in the wrong industry, then you'll not enjoy you it. So, hate it. girl, so you're exploring like, okay, I have this skill set mm -hmm. and then I have this passion for politics. Right. So I'm leading this skill set in this politics. It ain't happening. So right. I still have the skill set. What else am I interested in? Yes. The breakfast club. Let's explore <laughs> this. It makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Look, at the time, you, you know, explaining it 
probably sounded crazy in you the know? moment maybe yeah especially um, since you might not have been able to communicate it as well as like i'm exploring this passion and it was so new so many businesses weren't utilizing social media at that time you think about 2014 you did have some businesses but it wasn't a thing right you know absolutely i mean i would think within the last year or two it social me- businesses on social media has been like a necessity yeah. right yeah so um yeah i was i was exploring saying hey this this might be something i got i could get into ended up getting into my first job out of grad school was actually in the aec industry um i was working What's at that? an engineering firm aec um architectural engineering um construction got you so yeah <laughs> now that one we know we're gonna connect <laughs> but i'm like what <laughs> I started off as a marketing coordinator. Okay. Still in marketing, yes. right? Yes. My master's was in marketing, so I do want to make that correlation too. Got you. Um, and I was like, okay. So I was thinking that I could make things really creative mm-hmm. in the engineering realm. Didn't go over well? The, the engineering or the AEC industry, is, as far as marketing is concerned, is kind of behind. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very they're still passing out like uh what is it called the um the the threefold uh um, oh like brochures brochures and stuff, and stuff like that yes that's that was that was an industry i was walking into yeah. and being that i'm interested in social media and just the digital realm and like how do we promote your business online yeah. they were like what yeah why do we really need social media um some um, municipalities were utilizing like twitter to kind of give like live updates Mm -hmm. and whatnot Mm -hmm. um, when it came to like construction in certain areas of the the city but um for the most part they weren't utilizing social media the way i felt like they really could so I was miserable. <laughs> Girl, because you're basically trying to tra- change a whole culture of an industry yes. from your cubicle. And I was young. Yeah. So I'm like straight out of school. They like, baby, just just sit down and do your job. Like, <laughs> what you trying to do? Like, just, <laughs> just sit down and do your job. You're like, but I want to change this thing. <laughs> yes. We can do good things. Yes. <laughs> There's a way that you can communicate with communities mm-hmm. and really let them know what's going on when you're when you're building in their in their their area yeah. you have back to the politics right i feel like there's politics and everything mm-hmm. um <clears throat> there were times when construction would be going on in certain communities that did not know that there was going to be construction right mm-hmm. and so they did this terrible job with campaign campaigning or just letting people know what was going on yeah and these people were upset right like you're tearing up my my neighborhood you know or you just you just uh dug a huge hole and put some um toxic materials Got right it. in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and now my whole community is affected yeah and i didn't know about it yeah so you know i really thought that social media would be the route even back then to let people know this is what's going on Yes, but I, and as I listen to you, I understand why a leader or a company would miss the point because the bottom line incentive is mm-hmm. not there. That's 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 what they used to tell me all the time. Wow. But it helps you do your job better mm-hmm. when you don't have so much um, just like uh, back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. um, with the people that you, you claim to be servicing. Yeah. Um, so. Claim is the big word, though. 
And um, that as admirable as it is, I'm in the space as well where you see a huge benefit to the community mm -hmm. and just having to communicate that to the leadership le level. Um, I even was in that position before I left my last job where it's like, we're doing such great work. And if we just communicated a certain way, I wasn't the marketer, I was the Don't program you. person. <laughs> but if we just did this, then it would really have such value for us as a company. But they're like, yeah. We don't mm -hmm. make community engagement programs. We don't care. Right. Um, and so for that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So then in this role, you're, you're doing marketing for a construction <laughs> company and you're miserable. What was like, how long did you stay there? Um, two years. Two years yeah. of soul crushing work. Two years. What was it like to those two years? Did you, well, yeah. Health wise, when you, when you think about like, um, when you do something that you you don't enjoy mm -hmm. or you feel like there's just like a lot of force negative forces coming back at you every time you try to make change yeah um my health was declining um and i'm young yeah okay? <laughs> right. like i should not be what were you dealing with like loss of hair migraines stress? um really bad migraines i would black out Got at it. work um what yes just amount of stress I was under because it was literally like you had this old school um, way of thinking mm -hmm. and stuff is, I mean, it was to the point where I was like, all right, you know, my, and my God bless her. My manager at the time, she wasn't really tech savvy. Mm -hmm. So it'd be certain things like, Hey, just send me this email. I can update it and send it back to you kind of thing. And she's like, no, I need you to print this out. And like, highlight everything first and let me see it and then and you're I'm making like, my life hard yeah <laughs> i'm getting out of school like we just we're technology you know the, yeah do you know who you hired kind of thing um and so i was really i came home stressed every day mm -hmm. every day um and so that's when i was like i need to find an outlet and i started my podcast oh then. what was your podcast about hip-hop and politics <laughs> Everything's around politics, right? Yeah, everything's like a mashup with you. Ain't nothing like a, a straight, like, you know, oranges and apples. No, we're going to have bananas and, like, a big old, I don't know, gumbo. I don't know. It tastes good together. You know? Politics and hip-hop. I love yes. it. Okay. Yes. So I would... Um, I got to interview some really cool people like Chingy, for example. I did not know he had a political bone in his body. Um, what? Chingy? I didn't know. He's very, I would say he's very, uh, he's just deep in general. He, he, he likes to, what is the word for it? Um, he's just very aware of himself mm -hmm. and what's going on around him. So when it comes to uh, education, I think he has, he's, he said a lot um, around, around it, the education realm um, mm. when it comes to how people speak. Cause in St. Louis, there are thirds and hers yes. and stuff. Um, and uh, he said he spoke to like a, a principal, for example, saying, this is how I talk. So this is, this is, um, English yeah and they're like no we're not teaching our kids this mm. in school mm -hmm. so just you know like I said this politics and everything even even in the way we speak in in, yes. in the work environment right yes. so um yeah having conversations with him was really cool talking about just like his career and you know the things that he was passionate about 
So and it was um, an outlet for you. Do you when you say outlet? Um, I imagine you getting being able to like get some thoughts off of your chest or decompress. Like what? How was it an outlet for you? And what did that? How did that show up? Um, definitely got to speak my mind. Yeah. Um, about what was going on in the city of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, the Mike Brown um, case was going on um, a few years prior to me moving to St. Louis. Um, but the verdict came in, I'm sorry, not Mike Brown. The verdict came in before I was in St. Louis, but there was another case similar to that while I was in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, my job sending me home because they knew there was gonna be hell in the city. Okay. So being able to talk about just the, the racial divide in St. Louis um, via my podcast, um, because a lot of hip hip hop um, influencers, you got your rappers and stuff like that, showed up show up to those type of um, protests. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, being able to talk <laughs> about those things on the podcast really, I think, really helped because mm -hmm. St. Louis is extremely divided um, yeah. racial wise. There's certain sides of town that I was told not to go to. Okay, um, and you can get lost. So that. That was the other thing. Like, you don't want to go over here. Something might happen to you. Okay. Um, so it was it was a way for me to kind of release that, mm -hmm. especially because I was I was it was an all black company, but there was um, the, a lot of the things we dealt with was was racial. Okay. Um, so being able to kind of talk about that, and then the hip hop side of it is just my love for music. Mm -hmm. So it fed um, you. It definitely fed me, and my mm -hmm. husband's actually a DJ. So like that that side of it was like. Yes. Being able to, you know, we're creatives. I yes. have, you know, I'm gonna get into that. But I am still understanding the release, right? So you have this crappy job. It's not the job that is crappy, but it's just not a great fit for you. Yeah. Um, and then you have your outlet, right? Yes. So what was, did, did the podcast have anything to do with the click where you decided, okay, I'm going to leave? Because you were there for two mm -hmm. years. When did that? It allowed me to be creative. Mm. And that's my bone. That's, that's like the, my foundation. Got you. Um, I didn't know it. Like, I, you know, sometimes you, you're just creative and you don't realize that you're, that that's where you're going. But mm -hmm. um, I was doing the podcast I couldn't do those type of things for for the company I was working for. Mm -hmm. I begged. I remember talking to the CEO about it, like, like we should do a podcast. We should. I wanted to do video editing content for them. So a lot of podcasts, as you know, right? Mm -hmm. There's a video component to it. Yeah. And you're so, ahead of the time at up to your time at this time. At, yes, there wasn't really too many people doing that. Yeah. Um, Breakfast Club to me was like the 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 trailblazers for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And so. Um, I wanted to do video content for them. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do audio, educating people about what they were doing in the community. Because in my head, this is a way not only to meet um, your stakeholders in the city, but the communities that you were affecting. Mm -hmm. um, but I did the podcast, realized that I needed to edit the podcast. Mm -hmm. Hated editing at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is so hard. Oh my gosh. And my husband really encouraged me. He got me all of the um, he got me all of the uh, software to start editing the podcast because yeah. no one else on my team could do it. 
Um, and they just didn't have time as well. So you had a team for the hip hop? Yes. And what was the name of it? <laughs> it was The Cave Podcast. The Cave? The Cave, with a K. Okay, <laughs> I got, there's so much to dig into. Right? So it's the Cave Podcast, but it was, and it was hip hop and politics. Mm -hmm. And um, you had a team to manage that. It was, so we, I had co-hosts. So one, mm -hmm. uh, a co-host and then a producer. He was also a DJ. Um, so he did like all the background, like setting up the, the video equipment. He's really into tech. So, but he just didn't have time to edit. So I would do all the editing and um, get my behind the scenes shots during the podcast no. and, and stuff like that. So, okay. Um. So, this is so exciting. <laughs> this is so exciting. Okay. Now, this is where the click starts to happen where you're like, I need to leave my job. Yes. What um, happened? I, I got, I was, I was coming home really, really stressed. Like it was really bad. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to find different ways again um, to release that. And people started asking me like, how are you doing this? Like, how you know so much about social media? Like, can you, can you put my website together for this? Like people started recognizing me as a marketing person. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll do it for you for a hundred dollars. I'll put, you know, I'll do it. sure. $50. I'll do this. Right. You know, I had artists coming to me, asking me to manage their social media wow. presence. Um, and so I'm giving them pointers and kind of coaching them, talking to their managers and stuff like that saying, Hey, right now your, your social media, um, platform, Instagram doesn't look too great because I don't know what you do and you say you're an artist so this is what it needs to look like so yeah. people just started recognizing me um in that that realm and so um that's when I was like oh I got something here like people are coming to me and they actually want to pay me yeah <laughs> so yeah that's the beauty about like the whole transition it's like finding where the need already is is the most organic way to do it mm -hmm. my my journey wasn't specifically as fluid but like when you're able to find your core co your core audience yes. before you quit your job that's actually pretty cool so you start realizing okay i can pay for it i mean i'll get paid for it so it becomes a side hustle it becomes i don't even think it like i looked at it as a side mm. hustle i was just like <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm really like <laughs> i jumped ship to be quite honest really okay we're here together <laughs> I had no, I don't have, I didn't have like a real, real plan to be yeah, quite honest yeah. with you. I didn't. I, um, <laughs> I, quit, I quit my job on my birthday. Oh shoot. When's your birthday? May 7th. Okay. Yes. Okay, summertime. Quit, yes. Mm -hmm. Quit my job on my birthday. I remember being so scared because my boss and everything brought me like balloons and stuff. On your birthday? And oh. I was like, I've been waiting to give you all this letter before my birthday, but you didn't come to work last time. So now I got this and I got to give it to you. And you're giving me nice things. <laughs> it was, and I'm, I'm, I was 23, 20, no, I was, whew, I think I was 25. Okay. Um, still like insecure in myself, like, oh my gosh, I don't need to give them this. Like, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it was also um, in July, I was supposed to be getting married. So think oh about goodness. all the money that has to go into a wedding. Right, and you're cutting off your source of income. And I'm in cutting May. off my source of income. Yeah. Um, gave them the letter. They're looking at me like, what? You're, you're doing well here. You know, like, is there a way we can convince you? And I'm like, nope. Right after I quit, 
<clears throat> I went. I, I started doing Uber. Like, yeah, okay. That was my. That was it's how I was making thing. money. But you had more time to do the podcast. I was still doing the podcast. Yes. When you quit, you jumped shit. What were you jumping to? You just you just wanted free time, or you said I want to do the podcast more, or you said I just don't want to be here. I'm gonna find a marketing job somewhere else or work for myself. So Got I just it. said um, at the time I knew I. At that time, I realized like entrepreneurship was something I wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. It started, my husband was always, I would say, he was like, that's my ride or die right there. He was like, you know you can do this on your own, right? You know, mm -hmm. putting the little bug in my ear. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just incorporated myself <clears throat> the same month in July that I got married. Um, started doing Uber and was like, I'm going to find some clients somewhere in an agency or something, get hired as a freelancer. Yeah. And that's, that's just, <laughs> it don't make sense. I really don't know how I got to. the, yeah, but I did it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in so intrigued. So you said something earlier, which I have been waiting to get to this point in your journey, but you said you were raised so independent, yes. right? And for a lot of us independent women, especially independent women entrepreneurs, it's hard to find a match. <laughs> so Girl. you were raised independent. Yes. So I'm curious when you met your husband and then what was it like <laughs> to get to know someone and become a wife through the, the process of being an independent woman? Yes. Girl. <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but my, my life, when I look back on it, I'm just like, it's, it's only God. Seriously. So I'm going to start there. Okay. It's only God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met him when I was in college and he was my friend. Um, and he hates when I say this, but like, I knew all the girls he dated. I used to try to hook him up with my friends. He was, to me, he was just a friend. Yeah. Um, and we just kept in contact until, um, my senior year <clears throat> that summer, my parents sat me down and they knew him. So I, I had introduced my husband at the time was going to school for engineering. He dropped that too. We we we, we yeah, quit stuff. We don't want to like yeah yeah. <laughs> so my dad is actually an engineer um, by trade, and um, so I, I put my dad and him together. Like, hey, you need a mentor. My dad can probably help you through the process of school and stuff. So my parents really liked him, and they sat me down one day, all serious, like, and they were like, "So what's up with you and Dre?" And I'm like, "What you?" <laughs> What you mean? <laughs> That's my friend, you yeah. know? And they're like, well, I just think you should really talk to him. And I can tell there's something there and blah, blah, blah. And at that time, I remember he and I had one conversation that summer about it, just like very passive, like what if, you know? And I was running. He, he will tell you I was, <laughs> I was running. He was like, so what's up? Let's, you know. <laughs> what did running look like? What, is, like? what does that look like? It's like, because I have this thing where I deflect. And I don't know I be deflecting. I, be, I just be like, see you later, bye. <laughs> what's Something up? like that. Like, like, a, um, like, he was like, so what's up? I mean, you said you thought, you know, I was attractive or whatever. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to ruin our friendship. And that means a lot to me. And I know the girls you used to date and the stuff you used to do, bro. Like, you ain't about to do that to me. Mm. <laughs> we can stay friends, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just knew him very, very well. And I remember telling my parents, that I was like, I know him so well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they were like, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? Because you know him so well, like, you guys would be great together. Yeah. 
And so I think it was like the, I know it's kind of weird that I remember when this conversation happened, but it was around the 4th of July. And I remember calling him on my way back to, cause I was in grad school at the time, driving back to Tampa to school. And I called him up and I was like, hey, you know, what's up or whatever. You know, it'd be kind of cool if we talked or whatever, you know? And he was like, look, you don't have to make up your mind. Either you and we gonna talk or I'm not talking to you at all. Cause I can't keep my feelings like, oh okay, yeah, man. he set me straight. Okay. I, choking up like, driving away. Oh, you, oh, you put me in my place. Right, he's serious. Yeah, it's like, you're not gonna be my friend anymore. So he kind of put some fire into my butt. And I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped running, I think, starting then. Oh, he stopped running. Okay. So you, the moment you stop running, that's you making the decision like, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to pursue this Yeah, bit. Yeah. Now, what was it like to cross over between friend and um, lover? Ooh. Um, he was extremely supportive. Like, that was my friend first. And I think that's our foundation. Um, it was really natural for me to be around him. So the, the love was there already. And it was just a matter of me jumping. I was afraid like the water wasn't going to be deep. Mm-hmm. But because we were friends, the water was pretty deep, you know? Um, I didn't I didn't fall and break my neck. That's <laughs> real. You said you were afraid that the water wasn't going to be that deep. Yeah. And then when you jump in, you realize, wait a minute, this is not too bad. <laughs> That is so good. That is so good. So you are navigating life. And while you're navigating life, um, there's a parallel growth happening between you and your friendship with your husband. And and then it's like just developing. And then he's like putting buds in your ear about, hey, you can do this on your own. So it's really always been like pretty. We're always supportive of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we first started dating, he was in St. Louis and I was in Florida. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So our relationship at first was long distance. Um, So he basically was like helping me through grad school. There were days where I was just like, I can't do this. This is, you know, I was going to a predominantly, I went from a HBCU to a predominantly white institution. And me him, you know, talking to him like, you know, these teachers are being kind of like passive aggressive towards me, you know? Mm -hmm. No, you, you got this. You got this, you know? Um, so I actually took my first job in St. Louis because of him. I, I didn't even know what St. Louis was at first. <laughs> you just like, I got to be closer. So once you I gotta be closer got free, okay. So while I was at this PWI, um, you know, it got really hard in school. Like just, you know, some of the teachers were passive aggressive. Some of the students were passive aggressive. And I was just like, I, I know this stuff or I know I can really do this. Um, and you know, like when you go to a HBCU compared to a PWI, even the examples they use to teach you is different. Yeah. They're telling me about yachts, and I'm like, I ain't never been on no yacht. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't understand this example. Right. Um, and I didn't even know that was a thing until I went to a PWI. But and anyway. And you started realizing, hey, this information is not clicking. There's yes. a barrier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a struggle for me in, in school. Um, and I would always talk to him. He would always be encouraging. Um, at that time, he was still um, working in his DJ realm, trying to establish himself, get on the radio, start his business, um, and start being known around St. Louis. So I think he was just really, really encouraging. Yeah. I, I 
really don't think I probably would have graduated if I didn't have his support. Whew. Yeah. When I hear the okay. whole story, even you providing a little bit of the challenges, I can imagine, you know, a day in the life of a person who's at a PWI and they're in another soul crushing like experience where it's like, dang, I hate it. And, and things are super like muggy, but you have this relationship that's yeah. sort of like giving you life. Yes. And then you still have your passions. That's also giving you life. So I'm wondering, like, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, mm -hmm. like, you know, we talk about the glam and I've, I know we've yes. talked about some of this on the so, on social media, like the glam of social media, the flexibility, the freedom. I don't think we intend to glamorize it, but we do talk about it from like, oh, I love this. I yes. love that. If you could peel back the layer so someone understands what it looks like to go through entrepreneurship, what was one of the lows that you guys experienced either together or apart? where you were like, yo, this entrepreneurship thing is hard or whatever your yeah. realization was. I, I started I, I started my business in July. Mm -hmm. um, and after me and my husband got married, <laughs> this is us jumping ship again. Um, we moved from St. Louis to Atlanta. Okay. And the purpose was for us to start our business. This is the black Mecca. You know, um, this is an opportunity for us to really like put our roots down and, and, and grind, yeah. right? Literally within the first six months of us living here, it was like we were living with some friends that ended up not being friends mm, with us mm -hmm. afterwards um, and just trying to make money right out here, thinking that it was going to be easier than what we thought. Right. So I, I came out here with I had one client at the time paying me decent money but i was i was undercharging mm -hmm. which tends to be the story of my entrepreneurial life <laughs> <laughs> listen today's price is not gonna be tomorrow's price just Amen. To you know. no but for real <laughs> yeah. i was and just to be transparent for a social media management and advertising at the time um i was working with this production agency and or not agency but like a small company um who's putting on different like um events so older guy um i put together a uh was it doug dougie fresh he had a dougie fresh event he okay. wanted to put together an event so i was doing all the advertising for him on social media i charged him five hundred dollars what, what year was this <laughs> <laughs> what is this inflation balance what, what year was this this is 2018. okay yeah yeah what would you say you something like that would have cost like based on what you know now uh the amount of time and effort and stuff i was putting in at least two grand mm -hmm. and that's aside from um the actual ad spend mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. i was running all his ads i was creating his video ads for him mm -hmm. i was managing his social media he hadn't, so this is the older gentleman running his company. So he didn't have um, like digital photos. All his photos were literally, <laughs> yeah. you see, you see it where the, yeah. he gave me all of his photos in frames and told me to scan, scan them. them and get them <laughs> online. You $500, that's a $500 job right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all of your pictures and I'll scan them for that's five not minutes. even that's not even all oh gosh he was on the radio I managed the relationship between him and the radio station to get an ad up 
Oh, you said minimum two thousand. Oh, today's price and tomorrow's price right. is not the next price. Girl, that's like I, I five thousand minimum. Right. <laughs> but I'm saying two thousand just for the the social media management and yes. the, the yeah. Oh god, and that's just top of head. But to your yeah. point. Still, you see, I said two thousand. Just throw that out Girl, there. Girl, that's we, a lot. It's okay. We we're we're, we're, we're coming <laughs> up. We're developing. You know, I almost panicked a minute because we'll but we'll talk I through. I was doing all of that <laughs> for five hundred. And was it five hundred a month or yes? Okay, that's a, that was. But you know what? It gave you a lot of experience. experience. Cannot you cannot overlook that, and I and I need to. I'm glad we. I just thought about that because for new entrepreneurs, especially the ones who come from corporate, yes, our skill sets are extremely valuable, and yes. we do know what we're talking about. There comes a point in time where we will get to that five thousand dollar client, but I do think this process was re- was necessary. Whew. it was hard though. Yeah, but definitely necessary. Yeah, and yeah. did you ever do any free work? Oh yeah. What was the free work for you? Like <laughs> you were doing the same thing with free child. No, oh. I did more because you did more. I did more. Um, I was working with this artist mm-hmm. um, for six months for free. Six months for free. Okay. And I was because my I had a master's in marketing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was still trying to figure out um, what services I wanted to provide. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was trying to be jack of all trades mm-hmm. when i first started mm-hmm. when i realized like it's really important to niche that's what i learned later on in entrepreneurship yeah. right you can't do everything for everybody yeah i was managing his social media mm-hmm. um i was <laughs> girl i was <laughs> managing his social media i was um doing uh what is it called uh basically like uh i can't think of the word for it right now but I, w- I got to get I got a group together, and oh, case not case studies, but um, like uh, focal focus focus groups. groups. Mm-hmm. There we go. I put together a focus group. Oh my gosh! <laughs> for Girl. His, oh my gosh! For his EP that he wanted to release, Woo. sent got all that information together, put together yeah. a survey and stuff like that. Mm. <clears throat> um, That's amazing. Helps him put together like just discussing him with like what a press kit would look like. Yeah. Um, I was doing a lot. That's, for free. Yeah. So when you think about um, all of the work that you've done, like when I think about KPIs, mm-hmm. what KPIs did you learn to measure from like doing all that free work? and Or when did you start learning about KPIs right. and measuring the stuff that you're doing? I would say um, after, I would say when I started working with, uh, even, it's sad. Um, even when I was working with the production company, putting together these concerts, I understood KPIs in the sense of these are how many tickets we were able to sell because of these ads. Mm-hmm. I still didn't recognize why, what the value was mm. because it came easy to me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I can do these things. I enjoy, I told you earlier off, off camera that I work myself, to. I enjoy working. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't see the value still yeah. because it came easy to me. Yeah. So um, I think that's something I'm still kind of struggling with. Understanding like, yes, I know what it means to me and mm-hmm. I understand how helpful it is to the business. 
And I can I can tell you how, how much engagement you've gotten and what that means in your business, mm-hmm. how many people you were able to reach. I can explain all of that. Yeah. But I still don't understand how the the customer values it. Right. Especially when it comes to social media. So many people look at it like it's social media. I just need to do it because they say I'm supposed to do it. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking about because I'm a data person, but because I'm a data person and I understand it, I'm just really looking for someone who knows how to create the value and mm -hmm. do it and they enjoy it because it's different when you know how to do it versus when you enjoy doing it. But, you know, because I am in that space the Mm -hmm. value for me is being able to not like look at an episode and Mm -hmm. know the keywords and then know exactly what i need to put in there so that it can get the return investment Mm -hmm. now that i have a business model around my podcast i need to know what do i need like what does my title need to say Mm -hmm. in order to drive